Welcome to Authors of the Pacific Northwest, where we connect authors with new listeners and provide advice to aspiring authors on the business of writing. I'm your host, Vicki J. Carter. So hi there, podcast listeners. Thank you so much for coming back to the Authors of the Pacific Northwest. And this week, I am fortunate to have an author that we've had on before, Jeremiah Franklin. So Jeremiah, say hi again to everyone. Hello, everyone. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Oh, you're so welcome. We're going to dive into your um, second book that you have already gotten out. But before we start that, let me um, let everybody know where your first podcast was. You were episode 34, and that was way back in December 2018, which I can't believe it's been that long since we talked. That's right. Time is flying. (laughs) It has. Awesome. Which is good stuff. So you have a lot to catch us up on. Um, But first, Jeremiah, tell us um, a little bit about your first book that you talked about, because listeners can go back to episode 35 and hear all about the writing process and everything we talked about at that one. But share a little bit about that first book. Uh, Great. Yeah. So uh, the first book I wrote was called uh, Dark Tomorrow, Rise of the Crow. Um, And again, it's a it's kind of a dark dystopian young adult thriller, I guess would be a good way to to describe it. Um, Mm Post-apocalyptic, another good term that people like to use. Um, You know, basically, it's kind of a story of a couple of teenagers who have survived sort of a viral uh, pandemic that's wiped out a huge uh, majority of their population. And um, as the story unfolds, it's, it's uh, focuses on uh, these, these young people's um, let's just say uh, their struggles in terms of survival. And um, you know, fortunately or unfortunately, it leads to um, some violent conflicts um, particularly with a group called cult of the crow, which sort mm-hmm. of leads us into the second book. Okay. And the title of the second book is. Uh, amazingly enough, it's called Dark Tomorrow 2, Cult of the Crow. Okay. I kind of guessed that was what it was going to be. So. so awesome. So Jeremiah, since we talked a year ago, what have you been up to besides writing the second book? Have you been doing a lot of promotion? What have you been up to? Uh, yeah, you know, I've been fortunate to um, get out to a couple different scenarios. I made it out to um, a couple different good-sized conferences. I did the uh, American Library Association Conference in oh, Seattle. Cool. Uh, oh, cool. the, the midwinter conference that was great um and then i also made it to a couple other smaller ones um that were were pretty good times i have to say um it's you know kind of a different experience for me this is all sort of new still and mm-hmm. uh, going out and signing books and you know pressing the flesh and talking to other authors and other publishers it's it's just kind of a new world for me so it's um it's been exciting to do all those kind of things that's for sure well, tell the listeners a little bit about the library conference, because I'm a librarian, so I, I'm very familiar ah, with this conference, yes. but maybe other authors aren't. So tell us a little bit about that conference and what it did for you, or what yeah. was the purpose of you going to it? Well, um, you know, so I went um, in uh, to promote my first book, so that was Rise of the Crow, and um, I was amazed, A, by the size of the conference. Um, mm-hmm. This is no small event. Um, and I don't know if you've got a chance to attend, but you know, there was like, you know, I don't, I don't want to exaggerate, but it seemed like thousands of people there. Um, and, uh, a lot of vendors, a lot of authors, um, a lot of free swag, which is always good. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, for me, I was there, um, representing a publisher and whatnot. And, uh, it was great, you know, just to get out there and really like, again, kind of a new experience for me. So, um, a lot of signing books, I, I was able to sign a lot of books, 
Um, I was able to get out there and meet some other authors who are, you know, out there um, getting their books published in a lot of different varieties of ways. And uh, yeah, it was eye-opening um, in a lot of ways just to see the, these, the sheer amount of books being published and the number of publishers and uh, all those kind of things. It was, it was a really great experience. That's awesome. Well, I'll make sure that on show notes for this episode that we get a link for that so other authors know about it. It's a very good event. I didn't get to go this year, um, but I know about it. Um, Did you get to meet librarians and get to pitch to them about bringing your book in their library? Because that's the big deal there. (laughs) I did. I guess, guess, yeah, I didn't touch on that. Um, Yeah, because it is the ALA conference. So you do have, you know, a huge percentage of librarians there. Um, So it was great. I, I probably met with a dozen or so and we talked about my book and if it fit well with their, you know, kind of their high school level programs. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, so yeah, you know, in the long run, I think a couple, uh, I think a couple of the librarians end up, uh, you know, purchasing the book for their library. And I know at, um, uh, here in Bend, Oregon, I know that, uh, local high school has, you know, a handful of copies of both books and that, um, so the kids are getting a chance to read that without having to, you know, go pick it up at their local bookstore. Well, here's a tip I'm going to share with you. You didn't already think about it. I'm sure other authors were doing this too, but I always thought it would be great as an author, not just to pitch your book, but pitch a writing workshop that you could do with yes. students, you know, and get yourself in there, kind of do that and then get to talk about the Because students love to hear from real authors, like people that can literally see. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I, I actually had a chance to do that. I, um, okay. I went to the Young Authors uh, Group at my local library um, here in Bend, Oregon, um, uh, Deschutes Public Library and um, did a little talk with some uh, some aspiring authors there. Good, um, good. So that was fun. Got to tell them a little bit about my experience. Um, you know, it's it's been I've had a kind of a unique experience compared to some of the other authors I know. So uh-huh. um, I've been very fortunate. So that's been great. And uh, you know, I think talking to those young people, it's um, kind of inspiring to get them uh, you know focused on the on the uh, the path toward being an author. I agree with you. And and so listeners, if you're a, you know, an author, you have a book and I think that's, I mean, cause I'm very library partial. And so I think it's a great event to go to and make connections with librarians because you could develop uh, quite a few speaking engagements in a, in a library setting and maybe get together with more than one author that you meet there to go and pitch to some authors to, um, to some librarians because the libraries are just an awesome. I feel like one of the best connections besides coffee houses <laughs> for authors to get to, to, to get to know people. So, yeah. And, and my local library has been really supportive. Um, yeah. I did another event there, a uh, local authors event, a uh, local author roundtable where um, I think there was about uh, a half dozen of us um, all from kind of the central Oregon uh, area. And uh, you know, we gave a short talk and talked about our books and gave us a chance to talk to uh, the community, you know, you know it's one, great. One yeah, one. I, that was fun too. I got to run one a year ago. I can't believe it's been a year ago in February in my local area where I brought some of our self-published authors in um, that are in the area because self-publishing is such a foreign thing. I wanted them to share with people that were writing what what it's like. And that was such a fun event. I'd love to do that in other libraries. And now I'm dubbing myself the author's librarian. So off of the shelves, brand new, just redesigned my website. And I'm going to start um, working on a whole um, platform besides writing my own book and doing my podcast. I'm going to start <laughs> helping other people, other authors research. <laughs> so, awesome. You're busy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, of course I am because I have a full-time job too. So. Right. Now, busy is good, I think. <laughs> yeah, busy is fantastic. So in this year, since we've talked, your first book came out. You've done some promotion for that. You wrote your second book. What have you learned in this year that you can share with us? 
Oh God. Uh, well, <laughs> so much. Um, well, like I keep, you know, saying it's, this is all kind of new still. And, uh, you know, I think I've learned to be patient, um, a little bit more, you know, you want, you know, you want your book to, to be successful and you want to, you know, get your second book out there. And, you know, there's a third one on the way as well. So, um, oh, good. I've kind of got this future focus. And, um, so I think for me, it's been, you know, being patient and just realizing that this is uh, it's more of a marathon than a sprint. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, as we've just got the, the second book out and, you know, I'm in the middle of, or near the end of actually editing the third book, um, with the publisher. So that'll be out. They're trying to, we're trying to get that out in, uh, before the end of the year. Oh, that would be fantastic. Before, sorry, before the end of 2020, not this oh, year. Oh, okay. I was going to say, that's quite a timeline. Uh, yeah, <laughs> um, I think we're aiming for springtime of 2020. So, yeah, um, you know, getting all this going and, um, you know, having some patience in terms of, uh, you know, just the whole entire process. It's a slow process. Um, and even though I'm sort of on a, like I said, I have a kind of a unique scenario where I'm moving pretty fast, but in my mind, everything's could move faster, I guess. So, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I hear you. So I'm not, we're not going to dive a lot into your writing process and your publication process because we did a lot of that discussion we did. in we did 34, which I appreciate. So everybody, you can jump back to that episode and listen to that. What I really want to do is hear the second book because I, I went back and listened to that episode to hear book one again, what you read. So I'm pretty excited to hear how things are going in book two. So I'm going to go ahead and go quiet, Jeremiah, and let you go for it. Now, set the stage for as if somebody might be jumping into this podcast because I think you're going to be um, 77, episode 77, um, by the time this gets released. So there might be some people that haven't heard your 34, you know, the beginning yet. Right. So share with us what you can. Okay. So, um, you know, I spoke a little bit about how, you know, the story of uh, two teens, their names are Sawyer and Sarah. Um, And they're, you know, they're, they're survivors. They're, they're immune survivors to this virus that's wiped out the earth. Um, So they've kind of gone through um, the scenario of having to kind of fight to stay alive, um, meaning, you know, kill other people uh, when necessary, uh, mostly in self-defense. Um, but, uh, as time's gone on near the end of the, the first book, which I, I don't want to, you know, tell you too much, cause I'd love for you all to have a chance to check that book out as well. Um, they can, they've come into a scenario where, um, they've lost a lot of friends and they are basically alone. They've got one other person living with them, uh, in this Spanish mission that has, um, become their home. So as I open up this, this would be actually chapter three in the new book. And that's dark tomorrow, cult of the crow. Um, this opens with talking about Sarah um, after she uh, she's uh, gone through some loss, which, you know, there'll be a couple. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to get too far into this in terms of what uh, what I'm spilling the beans on, but hopefully uh, you've read the first book already, or if not, you're going to read that before you listen to this podcast. <laughs> so uh, I'll dive right in. Sarah stared down at the blank pages of the journal in her hands and sighed. It had been exactly 30 days since her father had died exactly 30 days since Mason had run away, and it had been exactly 30 days since she had written down a single word. Her last journal had been nearly full, but it had been burned up in the same fire that had taken her father's life. And although Sawyer had given her a new book within days, she was simply not ready to express her emotions on paper or any other manner for that way. Instead, for the past month, she had cloistered herself away from everyone, revisiting both her own life and the night her father died over and over in her mind as she tried to put the pieces together. Today was no different, and as Sarah closed the journal, she let her thoughts fall back to how it all began, how the virus had spread like wildfire from city to city, how the world had fallen apart before her eyes. 
It had been her father's decision to ignore the evacuations. And while Sarah and Jacob had found themselves among the minute few who were immune to the virus, the girl's mother had no such protection. With no means to save her, Sarah had watched in horror as the virus had swiftly taken her mother's life, and she had blamed her father ever since. From that point on, it was only a matter of time before they had run low on food and water, and Sarah and Jacob had been forced to travel south in search of supplies, scavenging what they could along the way. It was also during that time that they had rescued the strange and stuttering boy named Mason. Sarah pictured his skinny frame standing silently in the morning sun, his back scarred with lash marks, arms tracked with cigarette burns. At the time, she had no way of knowing that the boy had been kept against his own will by a shadowy group of death-worshipping survivors known as the Cult of the Crow, or that the man she had killed in self-defense that day was a homicidal maniac of the highest order. From the very beginning, Sarah had treated the boy like a brother, taking him under her wing as they traveled. For several months, they had survived like scavengers as they made their way south, until finally her father grew suddenly ill and they were forced to stop. On that rainy day, they had made camp just outside of the window she was now staring out of, in the courtyard of the old mission. And although she had been certain that her father would die, it was not meant to be. Instead, she ended up coming face to face with a green-eyed boy named Sawyer. And with his help, it was not long before her father was back on his feet and the girl had fallen in love. For a short time, they had lived in relative comfort and safety inside the walls of the mission, with Sawyer and Sarah falling deeper in love with each passing day. Still, her father wanted something more than what they had settled upon. And against all advice, it had been he who had set the signal fire that had brought Rebecca her brother Benjamin, and Edward to the mission. And while Edward was friendly, if not somewhat aloof, the siblings were something altogether unique. From the beginning, Rebecca and Benjamin made it clear that they believed they had been specifically chosen by God to survive the apocalypse, and that a war between good and evil was both imminent and inevitable. Despite their professions of faith, they were both full of dark secrets, and Rebecca had come to the mission to either convert, conscript, or kill anyone who stood in her path. Jacob had been mesmerized by the younger woman, and although he had done his best to play the role of the true believer, the moment Rebecca realized his faith was counterfeit, she had summoned her followers and ordered the death of everyone inside the mission. Nevertheless, they had not counted on Sawyer or the fact that Edward would come to his aid, and when the smoke finally settled, it was Rebecca and her disciples who all lay dead. Now, as Sarah looked out of the window at the charred remains of the house where her father died, she knew it had come at a great cost. She leaned forward and put her palm on the window as she went back to that fateful night, the images flashing through her mind, like a slideshow. She could see Jacob standing on the roof of the house, the space around him engulfed in flames, a single smoking leather satchel in his hands. She saw Mason standing beside her, the boy screaming her father's name, his mask a face of confusion and fear. She could see Sawyer step ahead of her, frantically yelling for Jacob to jump. In the end, only the satchel filled with gold bars came flying through the wall of flames, and Sarah had watched as the house collapsed upon itself, Mason's shrill screams echoing in her head as her father was lost somewhere beneath the wreckage. Sarah pulled her hand away from the window and twisted her long brown hair between her fingers, the suffocating feeling of loss weighing down on her like an anchor. Truth was, she had not only lost her father that night, but also Mason. And while she could not understand why the boy had blamed both her and Sawyer for Jacob's death, it did not change the fact that now, 30 days later, she held little hope for his safe return. As if to prove the point, Sawyer returned to the main gate, and even at a distance, she could see that there was no blonde-haired boy trailing behind him. And that's it. Oh my goodness, I'm hooked. And it's just as... Um compelling is the first read that you did way back in episode 34. <laughs> so I'm very excited. Good. <laughs> good, good. So um, 
I know that we talked about in the last episode about you getting a um, publisher, I mean, not a publisher, but an agent. And so I wanted to pitch what you're going to be doing for us here at Squish Pin Productions in June. I think it's June is when it will come out. Yeah. Right. You're going to write us a blog about yes. how to's to get an agent. So I'm pretty excited about that. Yeah. You know, again, back, back to, you know, how fortunate I've been. Um, I did do a lot of research on, you know, what it takes to get an agent. And so I think when I went into the process, I was pretty well versed on um, the ins and outs of, you know, how you do it, um, which, you know, thank God for the internet. And, uh, kidding. <laughs> you know, and uh, from there it was, uh, you know, I think some, some, some uh, diligence in terms of, you know, not giving up on, on that goal. And I think that's something that everyone needs to remember that um, you just got to get in front of the right person one time. You know, and if you kind of keep that as your mindset um, and stay positive, I think, you know, you've got a much better chance than, uh, you know, giving up too soon. So, um, yeah, hopefully I'll leave people wanting a little bit more, but I'll, that, I'm looking forward to getting that article to you or that blog as, as soon as possible. Or I guess well, June is when we're coming it's out. It's June, so you got a little okay. bit of time. So, good. But time, it's is really, good. time is good. Yeah. yeah, so I'm going to pitch that to my listeners now because, Jeremiah, your episode's coming out at the beginning of the year. And in case you missed it, I um, am actually asking listeners – from authors that have been on the podcast, they're they're going to write my blog for me this year. So Jeremiah is going to be one of my guest blog um, posters, and he is going to talk about getting an agent. So I'm super excited about that, and I'm excited about the series. So make sure you head over starting in January um, to see who is writing for us because I've got quite a bit of lists. When I put out the request, I got a lot of um, authors that have been on the podcast that were willing to to help us out there. So it's fantastic. So Jeremiah, what do you have going um, forward for you in 2020? Besides this book coming out, you're working on the edits. What's some exciting stuff people can look forward to? Um, yeah, you know, um, book three, I think, you know, is, is, is sort of the, uh, the culminating chapter of the trilogy. And I think, um, you know, I've got a re- really great response from book two. I mean, a lot of people have remarked to me um, that they like it better than book one. Um, oh, cool. You know, which is, That's which is a always, good sign. <laughs> which is good, you know, because if you like book one, you like book two better. Hopefully book three will just uh, continue with that with that theme. So, um, yeah, I'm really excited about that third book coming out um, before too long here. And I think that'll, uh, you know, um, be uh, well-liked and well-received. And then uh, after that, I've got, I've got a whole nother series in the works. Um, book one written already, um, drafted at least. How about that? Yeah. With, um, no final copy of that, but uh, so I've got a whole nother series sort of in the works. Um, and it's, it's a little bit more of a science fiction bend to it. Uh, you know, Dark Tomorrow is, is, you know, a very realistic book. Um, I tried to write it with a lot of realism um, you know, there's no zombies, there's no vampires, there's no laser guns. <laughs> or anything like that. Um, but you know, the, the, the next book, the next series I'm working on, um, takes place sort of in another kind of dystopian scenario, but uh, a little bit more science, science, uh, science fiction bent to it. And, uh, I think, uh, but same kind of young adult, um, you know, dystopian type book. And I think, uh, I'm excited about where that might lead to as well. So very cool. And I'll make sure that um, your website is again on show notes for this episode so that people can come and find you, follow you, um, see what you got coming up. They can grab both of the books off the website, I believe. Um, It's a beautiful website. So um, everybody go back. And if you haven't listened to Jeremiah's first episode, go and find it and listen to it and then come back to this one and get his books. So, So Jeremiah, it has been a pleasure having you back on the show. I look forward to hearing about the third book and your next series. 
So we'll make, we'll pencil you in for future podcast episodes. <laughs> Great. Thanks so much, Vicki. Really appreciate it. I uh, love to be uh, on the podcast with you and um, looking forward to that, uh, that blog post coming up soon. Me too. <laughs> Thanks so much. All right. Take care, Vicki. Thank you for listening to the podcast. We hope you enjoyed the episode as much as we did. Follow us on social media and sign up for our newsletter where you can be entered automatically each month to win a signed free copy of a book from an author that's appeared on the podcast. You can find out more at our website, www.squishpin.com. And finally, if you're an author in the Pacific Northwest and you would like to appear on the show, you can find out more on our website. So until next week, I hope you enjoy the journey. This is Vicki J. Carter signing off.